Welcome back. Joining me for the day's markets wrap is Mohamed Wagley from Sasfin Wealth. Mohamed, thanks so much for joining us today. Now, it's the last day of trade for the third quarter. And over the last three months, we've had traders haunted by that tight monetary policy, as well as growth concerns in um, China. Now, just walk us through what you've made of trade in the third quarter, Mohamed. Thanks for having me in Tarling. So, um I think as you correctly say, the, the volumes have been really low in Q3. Performance has been quite poor as well. And I've got to say, I'm probably not the only one who's glad to see the back of Q3. And you hit the nail on the head there. What's really been dominating the news is the sort of hawkish tone of the various reserve banks. And that's sort of served to somewhat dampen risk sentiment. Now, they didn't really in increase the interest rates, which was expected. But the tone of sort of higher for longer served to put quite a bit of pressure on us. And when I say us, I really do mean everyone, not just the JSE. So the all share did lose about 4.2% this quarter and sort of more than half of that can be attributed to losses in the month of September and it hasn't been too different in an offshore perspective. Um, the S&P 500 lost 3.4% for the quarter so it's, it's definitely been sort of a choppy quarter globally, not really specific to the JSE, uh, definitely not alone in being happy to see the back of Q3 and uh, hoping that Q4 will bode a lot better for us. Now, I know we've seen the back of um, the third quarter, but those same issues still persist. So surely the sour sentiment will follow through in the fourth quarter. You know, one would one would think so. But um, generally speaking, um, the Q quarter four is actually the best performing quarter um, on average since sort of the inception of the S&P 500. And funny enough, you'll see this trend pretty much sort of across the globe. Um, in fact, since 1957, Q4 had an uptick of around 4%. So just generally speaking, independent of, uh, I suppose, the environment, there's generally a lot more optimism for Q4. Um, but I think there is also a lot more optimism within the context of what we're seeing is the Fed does look to be sort of successfully navigating the soft land. Um, and so we are at nearly peak rates or at peak rates. So I think the view is that resilient quality quality type companies that are flush with cash will probably be big beneficiaries looking forward into Q4. I think from a local perspective, it's a, it's a little bit more difficult to call. I think given where commodities are at, we're going to be keeping a close eye out from for catalysts from China and signs of strength there would definitely bode well for us. But I think until those China numbers come around at best performance, it's probably going to be quite languid from a local perspective. Let's bring it back to today. Um, we've had Eurozone inflation out. Inflation there slowed to 4.3%. Core inflation also slowed mm. to 4.5%. Now, would you say this is an indication that the ECB's hiking cycle is starting to work and that we could possibly see somewhat of a hold moving forward? Yes, good news coming out of uh, Europe. So the CPI numbers fell, uh, substan well, I wouldn't say too substantially, but they fell significantly from what, uh, from what was expected. Um, and I think the market's been quite sort of optimistic about that. Um, one has to remember that the ECB has done 10 consecutive interest rate hikes. And uh, so when they meet again at the end of October in Athens, I think people are quite optimistic that, uh, uh, you know, they'll they'll put a pause on that. I think people are quite optimistic with the inflation data as well. Um, so yeah, looking ahead, let's hope, let's hope that is the case. 
We've also had global inflation concerns on the back of that high oil price. Now, despite the drop yesterday, analysts are saying that oil prices are set for another weekly gain, as well as a monthly um, one driven by tight supply. Mohammed, are you concerned about the oil dynamics that are currently playing out? Well, I wouldn't say I was I, I'm overly concerned. I, I suppose it does depend on where you are. I think sort of the more robust economies, the stronger ones that are seeing growth, uh, have a capacity to sort of cope with the um, higher price for longer. Um, but those countries that are not seeing the growth, growth could be impacted quite soon and it could, could be quite difficult. I mean, it is uh, sort of quite um, intuitive. You know, the these companies are the the high, the higher the price stays, the companies are more likely to pass that on to the consumer, and that will definitely have a negative effect on inflation. Hoping it doesn't stay too high for too long, but um, I suppose this is definitely one to watch. I think from an offshore perspective, we're definitely a little bit less concerned locally. It might be a bit of an issue. You know, we're already seeing the pain here uh, almost on a day-to-day basis, so let's hope it doesn't stay too high for too long. Over in China, while growth concerns have somewhat died down, concerns around the property market still persist, with Evergrande at the center of it all. Um, We've had so much unravel out of that front from the shares um, being suspended, um, the top boss under fire, as well as the company selling some of its assets. What have you made of everything that's been happening on that front? Uh, it's this is it's not new news, but it is it is it's just concerning. It's terrible. You don't want to hear these things. As you say, um, the trading was halted yesterday, and the reason was only sort of given afterwards. And it's uh, you had mentioned it. It's um, the the head of the company was. Uh, suspected of illegal crimes which is sort of never going to bode well Mm. now this is a company that really didn't need this they've already been suffering they've basically become the face of the property or or the the much maligned property crisis that we're seeing in china and really the reason that they're in this position um is because they've just got way way too much debt they've got more than 300 billion dollars to service and you know needless to say they've been struggling to meet their payments so worth noting that they've lost nearly all their value sort of over the past three years. Now, I think what's really scaring the market here, sort of the implications that are really scaring the market here are the sort of threat of collapse and the impact that that would have on the Chinese financial system. What people are really worried about here is that a collapse could initiate a credit crunch and that would sort of absolutely be terrible for the Chinese economy and then indirectly, like the world economy. You know, China's a big partner of ours and we will feel the impact of that. So I think because it is so important and... um, you know, necessary to sort of kind of keep them going. The the Chinese government has actually been been coming in to help them. Clearly, they could use sort of a little bit more stimulus, but it does seem that they are somewhat keen to keep the company afloat. I do think though that if the company does survive, the nature of it will have changed very substantially once all things are said and done. But yeah, I've got to agree with you. Very concerning news uh, coming out of China from a property front. We'll be sure to keep an eye out on those developments, but let's bring it back at home. We had a Senders Health with um, results today. Cost control measures are showing um, to be somewhat beneficial on that front as the company managed to narrow its headline loss per share by 66%. What's your sentiment on that counter considering today's numbers as well as that buyout offer um, coming out earlier this week? 
Yeah, so, so I think really you just touched on the key news there. Um, they pointed to sort of the high costs of listing putting pressure on the company. Now, it is a sm- relatively smaller cap company, and they're actively looking to delist. Now, management really pointed to this as a... Uh, sort of a key item on the report and essentially what they're talking about is it's it's really difficult to sort of unlock value even though there is value to be had it's really difficult to unlock that value within the scope of a jse listing now by and large one's got to remember that those um headline losses were still losses so it's not as if the company is maybe in let's say the greatest place Mm -hmm. uh but we are still seeing improvements pretty much across the board as you did mention the headline losses and the fiscal profit um they were quite good i think when i suppose when markets had opened you know they they were quite up i think they were up uh one and a half percent since then it's come off ever so slightly uh, I've got to confess, it's not really uh, a share that I follow that mm-hmm. closely, mm-hmm. but it does seem like the the numbers were quite good, um, and the market did react relatively well to it. So, Ascenders, not one you follow quite closely. What are you following quite closely? What is your stock pick today? Well, so I I've got to say I'm, I'm not breaking any mold here with my stock pick. I, I, I much prefer sort of the uh, global market, and I would say that you know within the current environment, it makes a lot of sense to take more of sort of a quality skew. You want to be looking at uh, big companies that've got massive cash reserves, which would sort of leave them relatively more insulated in terms of the high interest rates. And then in addition to that, sort of within that context, the buzzword of AI is just not going away anytime soon. So for diversified exposure in that sector, my pick has got to be Alphabet. Uh, I think often enough people just think that it's really just the search engine, Google over there, but they're a big player in the quantum computing and AI space. So this is a great quality company, flush with cash, investing into the right themes and still room for massive growth, especially if they continue their investments, if they continued investments into AI sort of yield positive results. Now, it hasn't come off as massively, well, it hasn't come off as substantially as some of the other counters, uh, but, you know, any sort of fall is an opportunity to, you know, increase your exposure to this company. If you don't have some already, perhaps this month will have given you a good entrance point. Mohammed, thanks so much for those insights. That was Mohammed Wagley from Sasfin Wealth.